Scripture is filled with amazing people called of God from obscurity to fulfill His purpose and plan. Amos was a shepherd, Nehemiah was a cupbearer, and David was a shepherd and a king. The Lord has inspired prophetic voices throughout the ages from across the spectrum of humanity. Today we're going to hear from a very powerful prophetic voice whose early education and career offered no indication of the mighty work God would call him to. Stay tuned. I'm Tim Moore, and I'm coming to you from the outskirts of Washington, D.C. I'm here with the founder and editor of World Watch Daily, Bill Koenig. You know, some of you may not know much about Bill Koenig, but he, before he was an inspired prophetic teacher, he was a successful commercial real estate broker. As a matter of fact, he was also a nominal Christian who kind of went through the motions. But in the 1980s, he studied a Bible study called or, excuse me, Priority Living. And it convinced him that there was much more to the faith. He soon engaged in a transformative faith in Jesus Christ and de dedicated his life to serving the Lord. He had no idea what God had in store for him. Well, in a time, Bill founded what was known as Koenig International News. And then eventually he was inspired to start a prophetic ministry of sharing news from right here in Washington, D.C. He launched Koenig's Eye View from the White House and relocated to the center of political power here in Washington. Well, the rest is history. And so today I've come to the outskirts of Washington, D.C., to Great Falls, Virginia, to the headquarters of World Watch Daily. And Bill, I'm delighted to be here and glad we could sit down together. Thank, Thank you, you for having me. Great to be with you. Thank well, you. Well, Bill, I told a little bit about your bio, but would you have ever believed what the Lord would have in store for you when you decided to launch a little news service to tell people what was going on in the world and then specifically here in Washington, D.C. So true, uh, Tim. You know, I, uh, you know, growing up in Arizona, uh, I always, uh, you know, I went to church every Sunday uh, as an Epis Episcopalian. And, you know, it was basically when we had a Bible study, it was more of a history lesson than a personal <laughs> intimate relationship with Jesus, Jesus Christ. And, uh, fortunately, uh, you know, I, I moved to Dallas right after college. It was in commercial real estate and uh, started attending these priority living uh, breakfasts. And oh, breakfast. I was doing a lot of uh, reading at the time and personal development, uh, a lot of those kind of things. Uh, and, but the priority living, I go to one of my friends and said, this is fantastic information. Is, is this is? He goes, no, this is from the Bible. I said, you've got to be kidding. This is really insightful. Uh, and, and so I started uh, this incredible path. I started reading books, uh, you know, over and over again. I was spending time in two weekly Bible studies, and I, I, couldn't, I couldn't read enough. I couldn't uh, find out enough. I'd never had this opportunity. And then got involved with Dallas Theological Seminary's President's Council. Mm -hmm. And we had a wonderful Bible teacher, Bill Lawrence. And just the excitement of every week when Bill was teaching the Scriptures uh, was so contagious. And I wanted to know more and more and more. And as you know, Dallas Theological Seminary is one of the great universities when it comes to Bible prophecy 
as the scriptures have written. Yes. And, you know, with Dr. Wolvard and Dr. Pentecost and other members of, of the incredible DTS staff, I, I, I developed this incredible interest in what was taking place in that tiny little country called Israel. Well, I find it fascinating as we think about Israel, but the foundations of your, your passion were studying God's Word and then having other believers who were steeped in God's Word share their, their excitement. And you said it was contagious because oh, they were insightful, but they were just sharing the Word of God and it rubbed off on you and inspired you to, to show your own interest. Well, without a doubt, what was so interesting at that time, the, the commercial real estate business was done for about five or six years. It was history. And my accountant said, you know, you need to do something else to, uh, for now. And what I do? I started going to uh, Christian uh, conferences when they come through Dallas and uh, ended up reading over 300 books wow. on uh, Christianity, Christian, Christian counseling. And then, uh, you know, I love the Tozier and uh, Spurgeon oh, yeah. and Oswald Chambers and some of these great men of God. And uh, just really, really caught fire. Uh, so basically, as God closed one door with the commercial real estate, He was opening another and sparking a passion in your own heart. Exactly. What was so interesting is my background in college at Arizona State, I, my background was communications. But I went into commercial real estate because it was a lucrative field. But I already had that communications background. What was also interesting is growing up in Arizona, I'd always loved Dallas because my grandfather was from Austin. Uh -huh. And I always loved Washington, D.C. In many ways, I thought I'd get involved uh, in politics. I even had a nickname <laughs> in high school, the governor, because I was class president three years, oh. student body president. And I had great interest in it. But it was so fascinating to him when I look back how God prepared me with that interest of living in Texas, especially in Dallas, where there's so many wonderful Christians. And then also having that interest in D.C. So when the Lord put my heart in right after George W. Bush was elected in 2000 to move here, everything fell right in place for me to move here to a city that I'd already enjoyed in, in, uh, being in and being around. Isn't it amazing that some of the things that we don't understand how this could fit together into any purpose God is using to prepare us for that to which He's called us. Absolutely. I, I feel the same exact way with some of the things in my own background. Well, you mentioned Israel. How did you have a, a love for Israel sparked in your heart. And tell us what, how you began to discover that God has not washed His hands of the Jewish people. Well, you know, it's so interesting is, um, and, I, and I love the people that uh, teach the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Yes. Uh, you, you don't cut and paste and take the Bible prophecy out and say that's allegorical, mm -hmm. not literal, which is 27% of our Bible. So fortunately, and I give the Lord the credit, is that I fully understood that the Bible from beginning to end is, is His Word. And for some reason, I got to give Him, the, the Lord, the credit. I just had a real interest in Bible prophecy. And, the, and, you know, from being a person that followed the news, watched the news closely, to see a lot of things taking place, I was very informed and very informed. And I started seeing things that could fit with what Isaiah was saying or what Jeremiah was saying. Or, uh, you know, what Jesus said at the Olive, Olivet Discourse. Uh, I'm going, wow, we are living this days. Or even things in the book of Revelation. Uh, we're all playing out. And I, and I love the Jewish prophets of the, of the Old Testament. I, even my Jewish friends who study the Torah come to me. Correspondents at the White House would say, where are we today? What's going on? What's <laughs> happening amazing. with Israel in these countries? What about Iran? They would come to me because I understood the, the prophetic scriptures of the Jews in the Old Testament 
uh, and then I could complement that with the teaching of Jesus Christ. Well, what's fascinating, I think too many people focus first, first and foremost on the news and on the swirl of events in contemporary history, and then maybe they'll turn to Scripture. But you did it just the opposite. You had a, an interest in politics and in, in the news per se, but you made sure you were grounded in Scripture. And then all the revelation of the patterns we talked about earlier uh, began to be evident in what is happening in current events because of your understanding of Scripture and Bible prophecy. Absolutely. And it was interesting as I, I started noticing when we're putting pressure on the state of Israel to divide the land that God gave to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and their descendants. In Genesis 15, 18, I would notice that there were catastrophic things or events. Things would become disruptive, catastrophic events. Things would not go well for a president and even, even international leaders. When they were involved in attempting to uh, create an Arab state in uh, Judea and Samaria, uh, things, things were not going well. Or even before that, trying to force an agreement between Israel and the Palestinians. Mm. And I just started noticing this pattern, uh, which I've always loved patterns, following patterns, because it gives you great understanding. And that's uh, when I thought, whoa, I already knew what it said in Genesis 12, 3 about blessing and curse. Oh, yes. You know, about blessing the Jewish people and their descendants. You're going to be blessed, but if you don't, you'll be cursed. And uh, so it fit that pattern, uh, Tim. And I, and the greater the pre what I found is the greater the pressure on Israel to divide their covenant land of Judea and Samaria. In Jerusalem, the greater the corresponding catastrophes that I documented in my books. And uh, it was extraordinary. Well, as a matter of fact, your first primary book was Eye to Eye, and it talks about the consequences of dividing Israel, dividing the land of Israel specifically, but just being opposed to Israel and the Jewish people coming back to their covenantal homeland. And you wisely heeded the advice of your wife, Claudia, even for the title, Eye to Eye. I love this story because she was inspired to offer that title from Matthew Henry's commentary on Isaiah 52.8. And so I'm going to even uh, read what you wrote regarding uh, Matthew Henry's commentary. You, you quote him as saying, They, the watchmen, shall see an exact agreement and correspondence between the prophecy and the events, the promise and the performance, they shall see how they look upon another eye to eye and be satisfied that the same God spoke the one and did the other. So first of all, you were wise enough to follow the advice of your wife. Absolutely. And second of all, you obviously hearkened to what Scripture was laying out even as you studied the swirl of events leading to consequences uh, for turning our back on Israel or to seeking to divide the land. And Jesus also said that there would be signs that would be obvious to those who have eyes to see and ears to hear. So does that mean that the unbelieving world looks at this same evidence that you cite and discerns nothing? I mean, do they even recognize some of the things you point out? Well, that's, that's a great question because, uh, yes, they don't. Uh, I, I, even people that attend church... Uh, they, uh, you know, the evangelical born-again believer can see this. A few might be skeptical at first, but after they start watching when I, I tell them, when we have a major catastrophic event in America, find out what we were doing with the Israel at the time of the event. And even some of the great skeptics, uh, scholars, would start, they start seeing this pattern and they, they became believers. But I really think that's the key is, is to have the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit living yes. in us that gives us that discernment and understanding and confirmation. Uh, because uh, if those that don't have the Lord in their life, or, and, and I believe the born again again is very critical to see that, 
They don't see it, Tim. I mean, they just can't. I've, I've got uh, one friend, I've, I've shown him over and over again. I said, yeah, you're a business guy. How could you not see the law of probability being here? The odds of these things happening over and over again when we're putting pressure on Israel to divide their land in these record-setting catastrophes. I mean, these are the biggest in the history of our country. Yes. When these aren't happen, when these are happening, I mean, the the odds of this are astronomical. Well, and, and I think it's it's foundational that sadly sometimes it's people within the church who scoff the most loudly, regardless of the type of signs we're talking about. When we talk about signs of the times that are fulfilling Bible prophecy. The world doesn't even care. They're not even watching or paying attention. They certainly sometimes don't listen to us. But within the church, believers scoff loudest to say, oh, where is the sign of His coming? These things have always been going on in fulfillment of what Peter declared about scoffers in the end times scoffing. But to turn our attention even to what's starting to be evident with the swirl of activity in Washington, we know that politics always consumes the nation's capital, and we as a, a people sometimes are inward focused on America. Christians sometimes get caught up in that dynamic and some of the trauma that's descended upon our nation, but how can they understand the significance of what is happening in Israel and our relationship as a nation to Israel? How can we communicate its relevance to the average Christian? Well, I, I like what uh, W.A. Criswell used to say down there at First Baptist in Dallas. He said, if you want to know where things are standing, watch what's taking place with the city of Jerusalem, God's time clock. And you can even expand that to the state of Israel. And that's what I share with my Jewish and Christian friends is watch what they're attempting to do with Jerusalem. And there, virtually every leader in the world has wanted to divide that city. Yes. Uh, that's and, and it's very biblical. And even... The Arabs have said that there's no peace without the division of Jerusalem. So it is becoming that burdensome stone as mentioned in Zechariah 12.3. And that whole Zechariah 12 is very relevant to where we're living right now. And I think that's what is, uh, and I, I say watch the key nations. Watch what uh, Russia and Turkey and Iran and Syria are doing, and even e Egypt. I mean, watch what they are doing right now. They are uh, the ones, and watch what their leaders are doing and saying. Watch what Israel's doing in response. And I, th I think some people right now think that, you know, depending on the scholar, the biblical scholar, that Gog Magog may be the next conflict that could be coming. Well, it's amazing to me, uh, looking into our recent political history under the Obama administration, uh, the president himself on down scoffed at the idea that Russia would ever reascend to be a power or a threat. And yet today, in 2021, Russia is on the northern border of Israel. Of course, Turkey is reasserting itself. And so the Gog and Magog powers are coming back into the fore. And so we see it happening with our very eyes. One question I'm going to turn to just regarding the church. Many churches today preach some form of replacement theology. The idea that God's promises to the Jewish people have been transferred to the largely Gentile church and that certainly there is no prophetic provision for a Jewish state called Israel. How would you respond to that thinking within the church itself? Well, it, it, what's so amazing is there's probably, and this is the Lord put my heart in 2004, is add up the membership of the Replacement Theology Church. That's 100 million members in 2004. It's probably similar to that today. 2000, there's 100 million American church attendees that attend replacement theology churches. 
that have no biblical understanding because they don't study prophecy. They believe it's allegorical and literal. It goes all the way back to 2nd and 3rd centuries, Origen, Clement, and the influence in Constantine, Augustine, Martin Luther, John Wesley, John Calvin, great men of the faith, but they, did, they believed that Bible prophecy is not relevant. So today we have a large a, a percentage of people that attend church in America that have no biblical understanding of the significance of what's taking place in Israel now. That's why we as evangelicals that study Genesis to Revelation have a really good understanding that these are incredibly significant biblical times. I certainly agree with you, absolutely. And I would observe that this dangerous tendency of American churches in general to tolerate or even uh, embrace a form of uh, replacement theology is basically a symptom of their dismissal of God's prophetic word. And too often, even in evangelical churches, the prophetic word is kind of minimized. Uh, I hear from people all the time who say, we never have uh, messages or teaching about Revelation or about some of the prophecies that seem to be fulfilled right in our own day and age. And so you mentioned already there are approximately 100 million American church members who have little, little understanding of Bible prophecy. So how can the average Christian overcome that ignorance? Well, I, I still to this day think, Tim, that it's very important to be born again. Here, here. That just seemed, you know, with the receiving of the Holy Spirit, you can be convinced but not converted, as my wife would say, convinced <laughs> but converted. There you go. Uh, uh, and, and that, you know, that's uh, conformed but not transformed. And that's what it takes. You have to have that biblical, personal, intimate relationship with the Lord. And again, it depends on the church you attend. And I, I just am, am so blessed to have attended churches and Bible studies of people that study and have a great love and passion for Bible prophecy. And I think the Lord put this in my heart best, is we are living in the most important time in biblical history with the least amount of interest hmm. in the church. Isn't that sure? That's just a shame. It, it is. It really is. It is. I, I would submit there's one other thing the average Christian can do. And for those of us uh, who know this, I, I would proclaim this anytime. And those of you viewing, as Bill demonstrates personally, if you simply start studying the Word of God, the entire Word of God, That's if you right. embrace uh, teachers and folks who have done so and are sharing the entire Word of God, and the goodness knows there's plenty out there who are sound in their teaching, just like you found at Dallas oh, yes. Theological, Absolutely. you will grow in understanding, and quite frankly, the Lord will spark a passion in your heart for what He is revealing in our own day and age. You know, Bill, we've been talking about how Christians need to be aware of what's going on in the world from a scriptural and prophetic perspective. And so I want to turn our attention back to some relatively recent history. You wrote a book focused on the Obama administration and some of the, the tragedies that occurred as we turned our back on Israel. And we may be poised to reenter that kind of an era. But in your book, Revealed, uh, which you have even re-released, uh, you document the ways that American secularism and paganism increased during the Obama administration and the president's then tendency to embrace Islam and belittle Israel had grave consequences. You even said this in your introduction. You said it is hard to fully comprehend and extrapolate the extent of present and long-term damage that has and will come from the eight years under President Barack Obama. It will be much worse than God-fearing, Bible-believing Christians would ever have imagined. Now we are entering a new era with uh, the Vice President during the Obama administration who has brought back into his administration, the Biden administration, 
many of the folks who were engaged during those eight years. Where do you see our nation going? And have we learned any lessons from those eight years? You know, it's interesting, Tim, as I, as I have studied this so closely for 20, 24 years, to, to see how God uses our American presidents. Of all the leaders in the world, the significance of our relationship, I mean, our American president's relationship and how God uses them to fulfill a, a biblical prophecy, Bible prophecy. Um, when you look uh, in eye to eye, the Lord put my heart one day, go back and look at the relationship with presidents all the way back to Woodrow Wilson and their relationship with uh, the Jewish people and then eventually the, the Jewish state. How God used Harry Truman. Yes, he did. You know, FDR said that, uh, told the king of Saudi Arabia, if Israel wants to become a state, I'll let you know immediately. Seven days later, he died in office, replaced by Harry Truman. Uh, you know, John Kennedy was putting a tremendous amount of pressure on Israel to not go nuclear. He, uh, he and Robert appreciated the Jewish people, but he put a lot of pressure on them. And tragically, uh, he lost his life, replaced by Lyndon Johnson, who at that time, for many years, was the best friend Israel ever had in the, in the Oval Office, who was in a really critical uh, position in 1967 when he moved a big aircraft carrier around when Russia was about to get, enter into the fray of the Six-Day War and started moving it toward uh, Israel, and that stopped the Russians from moving in. Or, uh, you know, uh, Nixon's uh, mother uh, believed that there would be an opportunity one day as a, uh, as a strong believer, a Quaker as far as I yes. know, uh, believed that her son would have an opportunity to be there for Israel. And in 1973... The airlift known as Operation Nickel Grass, which I've written about, provided the relief Israel needed in a critical hour during the, exactly. uh, the Yom Kippur War. Exactly. Richard Nixon and Alexander Haig, who made sure those uh, weapons got to Israel, which was a very key thing for Israel. And then Kissinger involved in negotiations of, yes. of a peace, uh, peace deal. And, um, you know, Ronald Reagan loved Bible prophecy. Uh, you know, Jimmy Carter, you know, the Camp David Accords yes. uh, kind, of kind of pushed the acceleration of Iran into a position of influence, uh, the way he handled Iran. Yes. And, uh, and then to, to go through it quickly is uh, George Herbert Walker Bush. He started the land for peace process. Uh, this was kind of his, his heart. And he got that going. Um, but when he started pushing in Israel to divide their land, he went from having the highest approval rating in history to being out of office shortly thereafter. Mm. And, and then uh, that led to Bill Clinton, who pushed, the, who pushed the prophetic marker further. George W. Bush came up with the two-state plan, oh, yes. something his dad would have never, never done or ever uttered. And then Barack Obama's Iran deal, getting, oh. getting into the Obama administration now, the, the, the Iran deal basically created an opportunity for Israel to develop relations with Sunni Arab countries because they couldn't trust Obama and were very concerned. And so one of my good friends in the Israeli government said, who would have ever thought that our allies now in the Middle East are these Arab countries? I would never have dreamed, but you're exactly right. The Iran deal did that. Yes. So with all that said, um, Iran, uh, I mean, Obama's time in office birthed the Trump. And we certainly appreciate uh, all the wonderful things he did for the state of Israel. It's remarkable, Tim. Well, I think that's very uh, important to understand because Christians who would be so caught up in the moment of what's happening politically in this nation need to keep in mind that the Lord weaves everything together. And what we see as a catastrophe can be God's opportunity to bring to fruition prophecies that He declared ages ago and will come to pass. And so 
God is not flaunted in terms of His will. His will weaves through all these circumstances. And too often if we focus on the circumstances, we will despair. But if we focus on the proclamation of the Lord God and on understanding that His will will be done, not only in our lives but throughout the world, then we do not get as anxious or, uh, or wrapped up in the current events. Absolutely. When you think about the last 12 months, Tim, Oh my! Since yeah. I mean, when you think about what has happened the last 12 months, and the, the great thing about it, despite all these challenges of, of COVID and and all the political fighting, this has been God's revelation to us of things to watch. We've been hearing about one world financial order for a long time. We've been hearing about one world uh, one world currency. We've been hearing about uh, the great world economic forum reset that fits that pattern. We're talking about now uh, uh, um, like the mark of the beast. When you look at Revelation 13, uh, we're moving into implants right now that will confirm whether you've taken a vaccine or not. We are, we, I mean, all these things that we've been writing about and reading about and hearing about for all these years, we have seen an incredible download of significant biblical final day occurrences and happenings in the last 12 months that were accelerated by this uh, coronavirus pandemic that not only affected the United States, it's affected the entire world. And God's used that in that process to reveal to us a confirmation of things that are written of in the Scriptures and what to watch for going forward. Well, speaking of what to watch for going forward, tell our viewers how they can follow your ministry and your watch as you provide a world watch daily to those who would want to have eyes to see and ears to hear. Well, thank you, Tim. We uh, post news at our website uh, 365 days out of the year. Our website address is watch.org. That's W-A-T-C-H.org. And every Friday I put out a news report, the Kenning's Eye View from the White House, that focuses on world news that, that, that week that was biblically relevant. And um, that's the way we keep our brothers and sisters informed on the biblical significance of these days. Well, Bill, I appreciate your prophetic voice to America that continues to sound in the, into the wilderness. And those, again, who have ears to hear will listen to all of these warnings that are coming from the Word of God, but through prophetic voices like yours. And so keep up that good work. And my friend, I, I truly uh, encourage you to do so. Thank you, Tim. God bless you. As a prophetic voice to America, Bill Koenig has a gift for connecting the dots as God withdraws His blessing from nations that turn against His chosen people. Even those nations allowed to execute divine judgment when Israel and Judah went astray were in turn judged for their callous treatment of the Jews. We get so caught up with the geopolitical maneuvering of nations and world leaders that we often forget that he who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Why? because their evil schemes and ungodly acts will not thwart God's eternal plan. Right now, the Biden administration is pursuing peace at all costs with Iran. It is transferring untold millions to the terrorist hotbed in Gaza and supporting a so-called two-state solution to divide the land of Israel. As Bill Koenig has documented, God's blessing will not flow on those who turn against His chosen people, Israel. And nations such as ours, who ought to know better, are held to an even higher standard. What can you do? Contact your elected officials. Tell them to reject the lie of anti-Semitism and anti-Zionism. Seek opportunities to bless Jewish people, both in Israel and here at home. 
and pray for the peace of Israel in general and Jerusalem in particular, realizing that peace will only rain down when the Prince of Peace reigns. Until he comes, this is Tim Moore for Lamb and Lion Ministries saying, Godspeed. Christ in Prophecy is made possible through the faithful and generous support of viewers like you. Please consider making a donation to Lamb and Lion Ministries so that we can continue broadcasting the message of Jesus' soon return. Thank you and God bless you.